A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash pro revenge video. If you're a real pro on YouTube, you'll already know the best way to help support things is to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our first story of the day is by Inquisitrix, a parting gift that lingers. I recently left my harmful boyfriend. Long story short, it was bad and I'd been stuck in the relationship for a few years. I finally made the plan to slowly pack and then leave while he was at work. I walked through the apartment for the last time to make sure I had all of my belongings. Then I got a few cans of tuna out of the pantry, cracked them, and hid them in various places in the apartment. Specifically, in the attic behind the AC vent, behind the dryer, and I splashed some tuna juice on the underside of his mattress. Good riddance, jerk. Enjoy the stink. Have you ever been in a situation, whether it's a relationship or maybe a job, where you realize the situation might be actually very harmful to you or... Maybe even something you're just not enjoying or making you happy, but for some reason you find it so hard to quit or leave? I don't know why that is, but I feel like in my life I've had moments like that too. For OP in this situation, what I've experienced doesn't compare to OP's, but... And I'm really happy for OP because they got out of that situation. Can you guys kind of relate to those kinds of moments too? Let me know about you guys in the comments down below. Our next story is by Alan Kell. Baby talk boy. My English teacher for the second and third year of secondary school, 14 to 15 years old, was a jerk. We frequently were given essays to do for homework. A common piece of feedback he'd give a good few of us in the class on these essays was, Baby talk boy. Followed by him throwing your hardcover essay book in your general direction. Most of the time the student caught it. Sometimes they'd have to get up to pick the book up from wherever it landed. The odd time someone got hit in the face. I could never make sense of what baby talk boy meant. English was never my favorite subject. I don't like poetry. I found the plays and books we read to be boring. I didn't start reading for myself for fun until I was maybe 16 or 17. So I'm not saying that these essays I wrote were works of art, but I thought I deserved more feedback than baby talk boy. So one time after dozens of those comments about my homework, I put in a real effort on my essay. Got out the thesaurus. Nobody in that essay said anything. They whispered, shouted, exclaimed. Every noun had an adjective, every verb an adverb. I thought that's what was wanted. The essay is handed over. A few days later is the usual comment time in front of the class. The teacher sat on a free desk with his feet on his chair and a large pile of frisbees, as he usually did, ready to practice his throwing skills. He eventually gets around to my essay, Baby talk, boy! I got a sprained finger catching the book that day. I wasn't expecting the same comment again and was slow to react to the throw. I didn't say anything and put my essay book away. Feeling about shorty about the whole thing, got angry afterwards and realized that this guy was just a freaking jerk. Petty revenge. At this point, we were coming towards the end of the third year. We have a state exam in Ireland at that stage, and homework is generally not given anymore, so students can focus on their exam prep. But as I said, this teacher was a jerk. We get another essay for homework. 
I wrote the most passive-aggressive attack of his teaching that I could come up with. Paragraphs about what the comment baby talk boy could mean. Why does a grown man think it's appropriate to call us boy? Does he think he's cool sitting on his desk like a substitute teacher from a movie? Is he above just handing us our books back rather than throwing them at us? I enjoyed writing that. The next essay handback and comment day comes around, he stands at his desk at the front of class. He calls people out by name to walk to his desk. He comments on their essays as they walk up, not one baby talk boy comment. My name is eventually called I don't get a comment. He hands back my book, and I walk to my desk with the dumbest smile on my face. I'm gonna go out on a limb here and assume that what this teacher was doing was probably like some weird attempt from them to be cool or relatable to the kids. I'm just kind of judging that based off of the reaction to OP's essay because, first of all, when they got called out on it, they immediately stopped. They seemed a bit sulky and just acted kind of cold towards OP, so it was like, all it took was one person properly calling them out for them to just drop it. I wonder if they realized how much of a jerk they actually seemed to be while just trying to have like some kind of weird, funny, baby talk boy joke. This next story is by Josh 1220 Pity Revenge on an Unsuspecting Grandfather. Obligatory, this happened well over 10 years ago. My grandfather, technically step-grandfather, but I'm much closer to him than my real one, and I have always gone back and forth with small jokes at the other's expense. Pranks, jabs, burns, etc. One night, my family was all meeting at a restaurant for my birthday. I believe I was turning 20. The restaurant was in a busy shopping area, and it was a Friday night. So parking was scarce, but not unattainable. My wife, then girlfriend and I, were looking for parking when we find the holy grail of spots, right in front of the restaurant. One problem, there was somebody sitting there with their blinker on. If you aren't familiar with the concept, the use of a blinker allowed others to know you're intending to park in a spot, but are otherwise unable to at the moment, waiting for the current occupant to back out and drive away, or to allow oncoming traffic to pass by. Me in this situation, taking the spot away from someone that's waiting with their blinker is grounds for you to bash their car in with a bat. Again, this is America. Upon realizing the person with the blinker was my grandfather, I felt a devilish grin creep upon my face. Not unlike our favorite Christmas antagonist, the Grinch. As we approached, my headlights were shining on him and his were shining on me. We were both able to clearly see each other's face. He must have seen my grin. I saw his face change from patiently waiting to, you better freaking not, but I freaking did. Just as I was about to pass him, I crank my steering wheel and take the spot. I immediately get out of the car to see him drive by with a look on his face that could only be interpreted as saying, you son of a witch, and my grandmother in the passenger seat laughing hysterically. We go into the restaurant and my grandparents come in shortly after us. Parking wasn't too bad, so they parked a row or two further back. He just looks at me and says a single word, dude, with a voice that says, you suck, but darn it, you got me. As it was 10 years ago, I don't recall what it was that I was getting revenge for, and we continue to this day with the back and forth. Our next story is by Helen Donation, Petty Regift. A few years ago at Christmas, a then friend, Karen, gave me an awful perpetual desk calendar. 
with inspirational sayings and super cute baby animal pictures, and later bragged about how clever she was re-gifting to us the things she didn't want. She had managed to completely clean out her useless gift cupboard. The annoying thing was that I had spent a great deal of time and effort finding a gift for her that I thought she would like and appreciate. We had a mutual friend Patsy, and Karen didn't know that Patsy and I were good friends at that point. Patsy mentioned to me how hard it was finding a gift for Karen. Do you see where this is going? I told Pats that I had the perfect gift for her to give Karen and explained how I had got it. We both felt suitably evil, and I only wish I'd been there when Karen opened her Christmas present. Listen, Karen, I tried so hard to find you a good gift, and honestly, this inspirational perpetual calendar with cute baby animal pictures just seemed perfect for you. I hope it wasn't met with... You got this from OP, didn't you? And our final story of the day comes from Chaos Engine. Keep ruining my night, I'll ruin yours. I told the story a couple of times, but reading all these tales of petty vengeance brought it back. I saw there's a related sub for gamer-related revenge after typing this, but as I wrote this with non-gamers in mind, I'm hoping it can stand. I'm sure even non-gamers can appreciate the revenge on display. So to set the scene, this is about 2008 or 2009, Left 4 Dead came out a little while ago and I've been playing it mercilessly on PC. For the non-gamers, it's a cooperative shooter game for up to 4 human players, 8 if you're playing against one another, where the goal is to survive to the end of a zombie B-movie style campaign made up of 5 levels where the computer changes how the enemies appear according to how well you're doing. It's rated M for mature in North America, so while it's not enforced, you're expected to be 17 or older before picking it up. Not that anyone really follows the ESRB ratings. At several points, you'll get zombie horde events, where a game unleashes a torrent of fast-moving zombies you'll have to mow down. Or you'll be overwhelmed and die. If you've ever seen World War Z, it's like that and you have to work together to survive. So anyone not being a team player is a liability to the group. And if you shoot your allies, you can not only kill them and put yourself in major trouble, but it can also be a reason to get kicked from the game by the other players. Also very important, at this time, the online game space wasn't as bad as it is today for having squeaky little kids telling you how they hooked up with your mother at every turn, likely because it was comparatively rare for people to have microphones. Not because these kids would be any less predisposed towards comments like that. And in Left 4 Dead 1, there was no option to mute other players. It took until Left 4 Dead 2 to find a way, and that involved futzing around with the console. So I was in my late teens, and I'd been playing long enough to develop a group of other players who'd meet up each night and run 2-3 to campaigns per evening. It was a great time because we mostly knew how each other played, and we were starting to push for advanced and expert level campaigns because normal difficulty was pretty much a breeze. We had some people in the group who could make us all howl with laughter, and they always treated me well. Miss them. I've basically given up on online gaming now. Too much toxicity. Every so often though, we wouldn't have a full party of four, so we'd run a normal difficulty campaign to kill time, and would leave it public for random players to drop into. Typically, that was how we'd meet new people to add to the group, and that increased our chances of having a full party in the future. This night, however, we got a kid whose dad had let her use his account. And when I say kid, I mean 7 to 10 years old. Entirely too young to be playing this, considering the content. We knew this because they had a mic, like us, and were also blasting all the background noise and music going on in their room at top volume in between screaming into the mic. So, as a teen, I had no patience for kids. 
so I immediately suggested we kick them to make room for a more mature player. I got overruled by the other two members of my regular group because they felt like I wasn't even giving them a chance. Okay, fair. So we started the No Mercy campaign, and exactly what I expected to happen, happened. Strategy was pointless. Every time one of us spoke, the kid would scream into the mic that they were talking, even if they weren't, and we were to shut up. If we took a gun they wanted, they'd shoot us until we died, take it, and we'd start from scratch. Nearly every encounter with the undead, they'd end up incapacitated, and we'd have to heal them with our precious resources or she'd start yelling, guys, guys, help, guys, stuck on loop until we did. And the backdrop to it all was the constant singing. She'd sing along tonelessly to the ear-shattering music in her room before breaking off and asking us if we'd liked insert thing a 7-10 to year old enjoys that a teenager doesn't care about. We learned pretty early that if we didn't say yes to whatever it was, and also show an intimate understanding of the subject, we'd get a clip of assault rifle ammo to the face. So by the end of level 1 of 5, I'd already had enough and tried to kick her again. I was outvoted again. Midway through level 2, one of the people who outvoted me previously got fed up with this and also tried to initiate a kick, and failed because our third player sided with the kid not wanting to ruin her day. Oh, and each time we failed a kick, did I mention she liked shooting us? So we're carrying this dead weight around that's actively making the game harder for us at every turn. In the back of my mind though, a scheme had been percolating. I sprung the trap in the level 3 safe room when the kid demanded we not go anywhere while they went to the bathroom. I asked player 3 why they refused to kick, and they said it was because it felt like bullying the kid. We've all been kicked from a server by a jerk butt player before, so I understood the logic, so I then asked if I could push the kid into leaving on their own without saying anything nasty. Would they object? They wouldn't. The kid comes back from the bathroom, and the plan is in full swing. See, level 3 is dominated by one of those horde events I mentioned, where you have to hold off swarms of enemies while riding a skyjack up to the roof of a building sitting right beside a gas station. At the time, players would often bunker up in another nearby building, over top of a dumpster you climb on to get inside, and funnel the enemies towards you. Instead, here's how the exchange went down. I said, hey kid, the next action coming up is really tough. You ready for this? The kid said, no, you're all gonna have to protect me. I'll hide in the back and you can shoot the zombies. I said, that won't work here. There's a secret entrance in the back. The zombies can come up, so they'll get you. Total lie, but they don't know that. I know a safer place you can hide, though, and we'll lure them away by riding the elevator up in the building and fighting them off there. The kid says, okay, I'll go hide. Where's the hiding spot? I say, go crouch down inside the gas station. They'll never see you while they're focused on us. The kid says, okay, I'm going. Hurry up. The voice chat went as quiet as it could with the kid's music blaring in the background. Because I'm pretty much certain my regular players knew what was about to happen, we booked it over to the Skyjack. I asked, ready? To them? They respond that yes, they're good. So does the kid, still oblivious. Hit it. I tell the player closest to the switch to raise the Skyjack and start the horde event. And a fraction of a second later, I put a bullet into the gas pumps. The resultant explosion immediately incapacitated the kid, which prevents them from moving and gives them a short window to shoot from the floor during which another player is supposed to revive you and you move on. But the floor was on fire, and we were pitching pipe bombs equipped with the zombie attracting beepers into the conflagration, bracketing the kid where they lay. 
So the kid was blown up, set on fire, swarmed by zombies, which either got blown up or burned to death, and no matter how much they yelled, guys, guys, help, guys, no one came to them before their end cap health ran out and they died. And we got essentially a free ride into the next section of the level because the horde sent 90% of their zombies into the flames after the kid and we only had to shoot stragglers. Another important point is, when you die, you can come back during the same level if enough time passes, but your character is locked in a closet until another player frees you. So it took a little longer to progress since we were now only three and had to watch our backs even harder. And we didn't clear the level before the kid respawned in a closet, and player two nearly released them after my stunt, before I quickly told them, no, leave them inside so they couldn't get out and were stuck there till either we finished the level or we all died and respawned at the beginning of level 3. Needless to say, they were furious with me, shouting all kinds of abuse that a 10 year old shouldn't know. So we continued on past them, getting abuse hurled at us for another 5 minutes before the kid finally disconnected all on their own. Inside of 10 minutes, we had another player, no mic, and finished out levels 4 and 5 in relative zombie killing peace. Petty? Absolutely. But it's the name of the sub. I love how Player 3 was so insistent on not ruining their experience or ruining their day by getting kicked. But we're totally fine with allowing this kid to just be completely downed, not helped, their character set on fire and bombed, and then locked in a closet for the rest of the level till they finally quit on their own. If anything, I'd say that second experience is way worse than just getting kicked by a couple of people. Like, this was kind of video game bullying. I agree with OP that they should have just kind of kicked the kid. I'm sorry, but it would have been quick. It would have been relatively painless for the people actually playing. But you gotta do what you gotta do. With that being said, though, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.